Cable Smith, welcome everybody into episode 24 of Campfire Conversations. Bonus content coming at you today. Uh, emergency conversation that we need to have with Brian Lynn because nobody's talking about the fact that our Secretary of the Interior just did away with all transparency as far as how your taxpayer dollars are being spent. Eh, that doesn't even take into consideration the new lead shot bans on, I don't know if it's a dozen or 18 uh, national wildlife refuges. So to sort through this stuff, oh, and Congress has a new uh, trophy import ban in the appropriations bill uh, to sort through it all and help me wrap my mind around this craziness. Our good friend Brian Lynn of Sportsman's Alliance makes his return. Always great to visit with you, man. Great to be here, Cable. Thanks a lot. So this is kind of an emergency campfire conversation as you're wiping the sleep out of your eyes because it is, uh, well, it's 11 o'clock my time, 9 o'clock your time. And I know you told me off there you were you stayed up late looking for uh, photos for the next issue of Sportsman's Alliance. Yeah, yeah. I was just sitting there. Uh, I think I was watching Seinfeld last night till about 1 a.m. Uh, digging around looking for free photos and stuff to use for the magazine. Seinfeld. I don't know. I had this weird thing just come to my head. No soup for you. Yeah. These new red flag laws with like uh turncoat Senator Cornyn from my home state. Uh, no gun for you. you know? <laughs> we don't like what's on your social media. So our fact checkers say no gun for you. Uh, <laughs> it is scary, though, what's happening. And, you know, I'm I'm pro Second Amendment. 100% and I've had conversations and, and a lot of these mass shootings are done by 18 year olds so it kind of makes sense to say oh yeah well maybe if we raise that to 21 well there's a couple problems with that you can send that 18 year old off with that AR to die fighting for his country but then you're going to tell him he can't own it here as a civilian that's number one number two and I honestly yeah maybe there would be could be an exemption if you're military you can still have that as a civilian at, under the age of 21 but the problem is even if it makes sense to uh, raise the the legal age to buy something like an AR to 21, the problem is it's a slippery slope. And we, we've seen it. There's there's too many case studies. Uh, Australia, Canada, once they get their foot in the door, they try to kick it down. And it's a and you don't even know that they're doing it, Brian. It's such a gradual thing. Oh, this year we're gonna we're gonna make it 21. Okay. Uh, next year, you're going to have to pass uh, an extensive background check. Uh, like, then you're going to have to go see a psychiatrist, and they're going to have to see if you're mentally fit to own a firearm. But meanwhile, again, we don't like what you post on social media, so maybe you shouldn't have a gun, Brian Lynn. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and then beyond that is it doesn't, the background check, the age limit, it doesn't matter if there's nothing in the background. If the background check and... Right everything else is only as good as the history and the data going in. So if nobody's seen the psychologist that it's caused that problem or been in trouble with the law, then it's mm -hmm. not going to matter. It still doesn't matter. And most of these people, like you look back at them and go, 
yeah, they look crazy and it sounds like somebody is going to do it. But unless it is like adjudicated by the courts, it's not going to show up. It's not going right. to matter. Right. So it doesn't it it it, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, my fear is that it's going to be just like they're fact checkers, you know, like, OK, yeah. well, it's just we know whose payroll you're on and they're in the business of limiting guns in civilian hands, right? We've learned anything over the last two years is that this uh, government is all about control. That's all they want. They want to control every aspect of your daily life. Uh, I saw, oh, dude, I saw it today. Or I heard it on the radio. DFW Airport, if you go to the uh, American Airlines uh, check-in, they now have facial recognition options for that. I don't yeah. want to be a part of that. Like, I don't yeah. like forget that. Here's my driver's license. I don't want my, of course, our faces probably are all already scanned anyway. as part of some database, but that, that kind of stuff. People are like, well, this is such great technology. Bullshit. I don't want that. I, no, thank you. I don't want to be yeah. a part of that system. Yeah. And then there's, yeah, the, uh, it's the retina. They're, they're looking at the eyeball and the retina and all that. And I mean, I remember, yeah, I mean, they can't at this point in time, they can't force us to do that. It's totally optional opt in if you want to, but yeah. I mean, it's uh, coming. My ex-wife, you know, when we lived in New York, Oh God, what was that 2006? She worked for a company that was actually working on that stuff and doing the facial recognition mm -hmm. It's used in other countries back then, you know, yeah. but we can't, you know, can't really, legally have it done here um okay so all that aside none of that has anything to do with why <laughs> i wanted to have this emergency conversation today uh I, I saw this posted on uh sportsman's alliance's instagram page so it turns out brian and this is so amazing but <laughs> deb howland is exactly who we thought she was yeah. no commitment to no net loss hunting we know that she's been negotiating with groups like uh, the Center for Biological Diversity, known anti-hunting faction there, and she's been doing that behind closed doors. We, we lost the right to use uh, lead shot on like eight uh, WMAs or... Um, yeah, it's... It, it's uh... I guess they were national... Yeah, Re I think it was like 18, 18, 18 refuges in 12 states or something like that. Um, but, you know, they, they're, they're doing it under this guise of, well, we're expanding. We're expanding this stuff. So it's not actually a loss. You never had mm -hmm. the right to begin with. So it's just part of the regulation. It's kind of a, well, I mean, we're literally living in this time of this 1984 double speak, you know, at, uh, right before they, you know, Deb Hallen made this move, which the move was to rescind an order that David Bernhardt put in in 2018 under the Trump administration, which said, you know, Bernhardt looked at it and between 2012 and 2017, when it, during those Obama years, the government paid out $4.4 billion mm -hmm. in lawsuit settlements just in the Department of Interior which is, you know, that's, it has the Forest Service, it has BLM, it has all this stuff, but paid out $4.4 billion. And in the last year, they did $1.7 of that. Billion of taxpayer money going out in settlements for lawsuits and paying lawyers fees. So what she did is she 
rescinded that order because he said, no, this is ridiculous. We have to put out there and let the let the taxpayers see this. What is going mm-hmm. out? So he made an, an order that said, create a website that's easy to see, easy to navigate, easy to understand, and put timelines on. It has to be up 30 days after the adjudication. It has to be up at this time. All these re- requirements for the federal government to be transparent so the taxpayers can see this. Yeah. She pulled it down. Just without any provocation just or... she said it she said it's burdensome and duplicative oh yeah so basically we're going to do what we want and you don't have the right to know the thing that we're doing yeah and you know they said the information's out there yeah yeah it's kind of out there the website that they reference in the order that when she pulls it is completely hard to understand doesn't show any lawyers fees being paid out and unless you know exactly where it's at, you're not going to find it in the labyrinth of the World Wide Web and the government. So it's not easy to find. It's not easy to see. And it's not easy to understand. It's not real clear. And there's no timetable. So they could settle and then publish it six, nine months, a year later, whenever they feel like it or get around to it. If you do a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act, that can take months and months and months. You know, and they're doing these things. I mean, the Center for Biological Diversity has like a settlement every three days or something like that with Mm -hmm. the government. So you're never going to be able to keep up with it. So here they are about to settle the lawsuit with the over the National Wildlife Refuge and expanding the well, stopping the use of lead on the wildlife refuge. Since they're going to settle with them, CBD, as they always do will say, hey, we want some of our uh, lawyer's fees covered. Well, we won't be able to see <laughs> how about, that. No. So, yeah. yeah. How about we just say, no, we're not We're not negotiating with terrorists. Yeah, uh, but, but they didn't. They sat down because this is what the administration wants. They want lead, lead shot and bullets to be taken away. This is, and going back to the red flag laws, like once you get your, your, your toe through the door, we're going to kick that son of a bitch down uh, because... It doesn't. It isn't going to stop with these eighteen refuges. It, it's no. a, a, it's an attack on the Second Amendment in a roundabout way because they 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 know that they can't just say we're going to ban lead ammunition, but we can make it more difficult for hunters and shooters to uh, to use it in these places. And then what I mean, what does that do? Well, it means less people are going to be hunting there because you can't find non toxic shot. I mean, it's already hard enough to find ammunition. And then the idea that these man- manufacturers can just flip the switch and turn all of their machinery and all of their manufacturing over to non-shot, uh, non-toxic shot in the blink of an eye is absolute cockadoochie. You can't do it. They, everything has to be completely redone. And they know that, you know, when they, when they pass this type of legislation, they understand that. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, a, it's an attack on the Second Amendment as much as it is anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hunting. It's the second amendment. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can't, and it, it will be incremental because what will happen is as you express right now, it says the order is, or the settlement appears to be the rule that they've proposed is any expansion of the wildlife refuge going forward is lead free. Well, that's going to create a patchwork because how they open these things is they don't open up a refuge and go, Hey, cable, your refuge right there. We're going to expand it and it's all open to hunting. No, mm-hmm. that's not how this works. All these presidents that come in and open up hunting, they do in little chunks. They're like, 
oh, this one unit of this much larger refuge is now open to rabbit hunting. Mm-hmm. And over here, this little unit of this other much larger refuge is now open to duck hunting. And they're opening it by piece and parcel. So what would that would do going forward would create a patchwork. You'd be in one field and you could be using lead shot and then you go over to the next field and you'd have to switch over to non-toxic. But again, as we know, if you're carrying lead shot, you're in trouble. And if you're in a non-toxic area, you can't have it on you. I had a buddy of mine. We were duck hunting on Lake Levon, oh, 15 years ago. And he had one lead shot from, from dove season in his blind bag. He used the same blind bag for, for dove and duck hunting. And game warden stopped us at the boat ramp and took a magnet out and found that lead shot. He wasn't very happy. He ended up losing his shotgun temporarily. It got confiscated and uh, a ticket for having that lead shot on his, on his person. Yeah. While waterfowling. And it was, yeah. a, you know, it was an accident, but Hey, yeah. That's- so that's a perfect example. So that's what would happen within the refuges going forward. So that'd create a patchwork. So what's the way to fix that? You just say, ah, to make it easy for everybody, we're going to make all of it non, non-toxic. You mm-hmm. can't have lead on the refuges at all. There, there, it'll keep everybody easy. This is good for you. That's good for you. It's the government telling you it's good for you. Mm-hmm. So that's that would be the next step. Oh, yeah. They have my best interest at heart, for sure. Yeah. So, so that would be the next step. And then from there, it's, you know, right now, it, the order or the rule says they'll conduct a, a uh, study of lead well we know how we've that's already done go. that <laughs> yeah we, we know how that's going to go because this is what they want you know so they're going to come back and using that study they'll say well here's the study we were right we're right to keep it off the refuges you know what and if this is good for the wildlife refuges why is it not good for other federal lands national forest mm-hmm. blm etc cetera, etc cetera. and then they'll make those go lead free yeah so the government can't force states to do it, but what they can do, just like they did with speeding, speeding limits and seatbelt laws and everything else is if they didn't follow the guidelines that the federal government wanted, they didn't get the tax dollars for the highways. Guess what? Who, who disperses Dingle Johnson and Pittman Robertson dollars? The federal government does. So they can easily say that if you don't go lead free on your state public lands, you're not getting the PRDJ dollars. This dumpster fire of an administration two weeks ago came out and said, it's, it's a different topic, but it's the same, the same system. Do what we say, or you're not getting the federal funding. And the Biden administration came out and said, no public school lunch funding for schools K through 12 that don't let boys biological boys go to the, go to the restroom in the girl's bathroom. If they identify as a boy, otherwise you don't get your federal lunch money funding. Yeah. As a father of two, seven-year-old girls, that really pisses me off. They go to public school because I don't want, I have a nine-year-old son. He's not allowed to shower with my seven-year-old girls. And you think I want some 12 year olds pecker out in the bathroom while while my girl, it's a girl's bathroom. So, you know, just being held hostage once again by this shitty ass administration. Well, that's, that's America today. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it's where it's going. And, but we knew uh, this. I mean, is this a surprise 
to you uh, from from Deb Howland. I mean, like, I, I think we were all on the same page when she was yeah. appointed, and then she wouldn't do the very simple thing that we all asked was commit to no net loss. She wouldn't do it. Okay, yeah. red flag. And then I want to read you. Somebody posted this on y'all's uh, Instagram. Uh, Representative Howland has been a vocal and effective leader in the House of Representatives championing conservation issues and elevating critical voices from indigenous communities in her home state of New Mexico. Her familiarity with the West and our public lands um, and waters are an asset that will serve hunters and anglers and all outdoor enthusiasts as she faces critical decisions for the Interior Department from day one, from potentially devastating energy development in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to irresponsible mining within the Boundary Waters canoe area, yada, yada, yada. Um, we're at a crossroads and backcountry back hunters and anglers looks forward to working with Representative Howland as she assumes the Interior Secretary post. That's from Land Townie, Executive Director of BHA. And I've been nice. I've, I've played nice with BHA, I, I, but I'm done, dude. It's, this, is, this is the problem. Like, that's a threat. So we, we see what's happening and these people champion someone who is stripping away our rights and no one is calling them out. No one is, is bringing them down to the mat and saying, Hey, you did this. This is what you said. And now look what's happening. And I'm tired of that. That is BS. They need to be held responsible. There's other organizations out there uh, that also were like, Hey, this is, this is a great appointment too. No one seems to be calling these people out they're getting away with it. And I'm tired of that crap. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, there's a certain amount of political play when these appointments take place that, uh, you know, if you want to work with them, you're nice. How can you have the name backcountry hunters and anglers in your, it's the name of your organization and you championed a person who's taking away the rights of hunters and anglers. Yeah. Yeah. um, Is that weird? Is that weird to you? (laughs) Halland has, you know, pretty much gone, you know, how we imagined she would, you know, it's, it's, it was really frustrating because these were completely closed door talks. Mm -hmm. We, none of us in the community had any input into what was going on with the center for biological diversity settlement talks. And it was kind of funny because right before she rescinded the order last week, there was a call that they got all the groups together and had us all on a call and they said, Hey, this is no, nothing, no big deal. There's nothing to see here. It was basically all this political double talk, Mm -hmm. but it was basically, there's nothing to see here. Then two days later, they pulled down the website that let us see what was going to happen. So they're not lying. There's yeah, literally there's nothing, nothing to, to see, see because they, they pulled the website down. So there's literally nothing to see here. <laughs> see, that's the problem. Uh, government is responsible and should be held should be held responsible and accountable for how they're spending our money and what they're doing. Yeah. And when you have zero transparency, it's like the Wild West. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, with no recourse for us. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's smacks of cronyism, political payback, you know, because the let's be honest, the, the environmental movement is staunchly in the on the Democrat side and, and supports them and 
funds them and donates them to them. And now you have billions of dollars flowing back to them through settlements. And like, they're just ticky tacky settlements. If they, if they get a, a little bit, a, a toehold within that, you know, complaint, that lawsuit. So this lawsuit for the refuge was all about endangered species, supposedly. Hmm. Well, we won that, that case back in 2003. We have precedent for it. What they're settling on was the new angle of lead ammunition and fishing tackle. That's what they settled on. And so right. now they get to collect all those lawyers fees for this. They, they, they moved it forward, their mission incrementally moved it forward. And we just talked about how that can then become a slippery slope and eventually trickle down to all state lands. But now they're getting paid for it. It costs them nothing and they still advance the ball and set the stage and precedent for what they want to do in the future and how they can make that move. And so it, and then when you pull down the website that lets us easily see this stuff, it just smacks of cronyism and payback. I was listening to a uh, Jordan Peterson podcast he did with Joe Rogan. I think it was in 2016. And it was like, Hey, look at this because it's certainly true today. And he said, you know, if I come at you aggressively and try to get this policy changed and you throw your hands up and you say, well, no, 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 I, you know, I'm not comfortable with that, but you give an inch. Okay. And then I, and then I back off for a little while. And then the next year I come at you, but I've already gotten that inch. The next year I come at you and do the same thing. And you're like, Oh, I'm not really comfortable with, with that. You let me have another inch. Yep. And then after 20 years, you look back and you have, you've done the same thing for 20 years and you didn't resist enough. You it's just, a, you gave in a little bit every time and then you have nothing left and yeah, your rights frog, are completely gone. Frog in the boiling pot, you know, yeah. it, it happens slowly and you don't recognize it and realize it, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that's exactly what the, what the animal rights movement is doing. They take a little bit here, a little bit there, a season date, you know, uh, an ammunition use uh, method and tape. Hell, you've got a bear skin on your wall behind you and you don't have, you no longer have a spring bear season in, in Washington where you live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and, there, and why what, was there any scientific data to support that? Nope. Uh, actually the department said, mm -hmm. no, we have plenty of bears. And all the biologists said, we have plenty of bears. This is fine. You're going to take 164 of them on average you know, so this is totally fine and sustainable and will help timber harvests and uh, conflicts and depredation of fawns and uh, calves. And the five anti-hunters on our game commission said, no. And there's no recourse to go against them. What an oxymoron. Anti-hunters on our game commission. commission. Because Washington has no standards. And they're, I mean openly one of the new appointments said she's opposed to hunting and, and then so, you know in two years you just won't have a bear season at all so it's uh well that they're they're catching a lot of flack for it um they're going to revisit it everybody's gonna be talking about it here in the well today and tomorrow i guess and then uh but they're not gonna budge on it They'll probably back off of bear hunting for a little bit. The next thing the Washington Commission is going to go after probably is the mandate because there's legally the Washington Code says they have to consider. So this is where you get into words matter, you know, uh, have to consider may 
consider using hunting and maximizing it as a management tool. They want that stricken. They want to take that out. So they're hmm. going to go after that. And I almost, I mean, if I, I'll bet a dollar to a donut that, you know, come January, we're going to see some legislation that removes that, you know, which we'll have to fight that then, you know. And so they want to change the mandate to take hunting and fishing out of the equation that they are supposed to do. But that's the only standard they have. A lot of states, you have to have a license for five of the last 10 years or within the last five years or be a part of sportsmen's groups or something to get nominated to the game commission, you know, which is what we keep protecting back east. They keep trying to change that incremental change, remove this standard so they can do exactly like what they've done here in Washington and put stack the board with anti hunters. Mm -hmm. um, OK, well, we will continue to monitor that situation as uh secretary halland has turned out to be exactly who she who we thought she was and now we have no transparency and no accountability uh, but hey bha yay yeah, um okay one other thing brian that i wanted to address and this also came out this week is congress has proposed Another trophy import ban, this one specifically dealing with lions and elephants in, uh, I think it's like three or four different African countries. Zimbabwe, Tanzania, and Zambia, I believe. So those three, okay. Yeah. Uh, three of the countries where people actually harvest these animals on a regular basis, and they have... Uh, no, you can't say that all of Africa has a robust lion population because it's not true. But the countries that have sustainable use hunting uh, models in place do have the highest populations of elephant, rhino. Uh, you can throw giraffe in there, leopard. I mean, you name it, all of the big five. And and, and now they want to add giraffe, make it the big six. But uh, it uh, it goes without saying that you know, if you take hunting away, then number one, the habitat's going to be turned into, take your pick. You want more agriculture or you want more ranching? Because that's what's going to happen to the habitat. Uh, yep. People have to make money off of the land. That's how the world works. And that's okay. But do you want more wildlife or do you want more uh, goats or uh, maize? I mean, yeah, I prefer more wildlife. The predators are left. <laughs> right. And so, then you have to kill them anyways. So what is that? So, I mean, I pretty much just outlined it all, but um, what, where does that proposed bill stand and does it have a chance of actually being passed into law? Well, I mean, it always has a chance. That's what's scary. So it's over in the house. It's in the appropriations bill. So what they're, they're, they're gambling on is that the house, the full house, if it passes whatever committee it's in, I can't remember, one of the appropriations committees. If it passes that, it goes to the full house floor vote. They're gambling that the whole house isn't going to want to throw the entire appropriations bill out the window or go through it with a fine tooth comb to pass it. So the appropriations it, bill is basically the fiscal budget planning. Yes. And so they, they shoehorn BS like this in there, which shouldn't have anything to do with it. And we've talked about in the past, they've tried to make it where, okay, yeah, you can go. It's not illegal to harvest the animal, but we are no longer going to pay a person to process the, uh, 
the permit. Yeah. So then they just underhandedly say, okay, well, well then they've theoretically, they've done away with the trophy hunting because you're not going to go over there and spend $60,000 to hunt a mature male African lion or $100,000 to take a, uh, uh, you know, a 90 inch bull elephant and then not bring your trophy home. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so you got that also at the federal level, there's a, uh, was it, is it a trap bill or a contest bill? <laughs> uh, another, oh, the wildlife, wildlife, uh, wildlife, uh, it does make me laugh when I hear these things. Yeah. The, the wildlife, uh, predator hunting contest stuff. Yeah. So there's a federal bill out for that. And then that's in, I believe that's in the Nat house natural resources committee, which is chaired by representative Raul Gravalier. Arizona douchebag. Arizona. No, yeah. 100% rated. You don't have to say douchebag. I, I say those type of things for the guests. <laughs> I know you're thinking it, uh, but whenever there's a, uh, an anti-hunting bill on a proposed on a federal level, he's always right there with his greasy little hands, fingers yep. all over it. Yep. Yep. No, he's, he's the, uh, the, the, Prince, the king, the whatever of, you know, anti-hunting in the house and he runs the natural resources committee. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's coming up there. I think they made some exceptions for ducks and field troughs. What they're trying to do is exactly what you just talked about. Get the toehold with something that they can pass. You know, they took out, they made exceptions for field trials, which was a big thing we could activate people on and say, Hey, this is going to stop field trials for dogs. They took out, you know, ducks and turkey so if we're out in the blind and we make a bet over who kills the most greenheads is buying lunch you know afterwards that would have become illegal going specifically after predators and uh you know that's bobcats coyotes wolves whatever and so once they get that in then they can increase it again into these other things mm -hmm. but that's at the federal level uh you know, it being in the house, natural resources under Gavalia is, is what's scary. You know, after that, we'll see where, you know, where it would go, but uh, just the simple fact of him being in there and being in control of that, uh, that committee is what makes this scary and who knows what he's doing on, on the backside for it. And, you know, and it's one of those things that sounds plausible. And so you never know what'll happen when it hits, the full chambers on both sides, mm -hmm. you know, there could be just enough Republicans that say, Oh yeah, this sounds, sounds reasonable and pass it. So let me ask you this. And I'm going to wrap up this conversation by saying, and this is my personal cable Smith opinion. It's my show. I can say whatever I want. This is, does not represent sportsman's Alliance, but I see all of the anti-hunting legislation. I see all of the anti second amendment propaganda and legislation being proposed and it's never from the right side it's never the right wing that's doing it i think i've in my time well certainly in the last couple of years i've only been shocked one time to find out there was a republican who was like had proposed some anti-hunting uh, legislation so the point being if you voted for biden and you vote for democrats you're voting against hunting you're voting against the second amendment and i don't understand it and that's why it's time to call bha to the mat and, and call a spade a spade because it's bullshit and I'm not, I'm not going to stand for it anymore. And people being hoodwinked and brainwashed and, and a lot of new hunters being brought into the fold are being 
I think they're being manipulated and preyed upon, frankly. And I, I don't want new hunters coming into the fold if they are going to vote that way, because what they're doing is weakening our power. Because if you say, oh, I'm a hunter, but uh, maybe we shouldn't kill wolves. Or why does it really matter if Washington has a spring black bear season? Eh, I don't want to kill a bear anyway. I just want to shoot a mule deer or an elk every year and put it in my freezer. And then the rest of the year, I'll just eat granola and, you know, go suck sap out of trees. So, well, I mean, I'll be honest here. And it's not that I disagree with you, but we also have those contingencies already within our group that aren't new hunters that are, you know, your bird hunters or just Mm. your deer hunters or whatever. I mean, that in the last issue of our magazine, which was the first one we redesigned, I don't know if you got to see that, but you know, we need to stick up for predator management. All of us in the Midwest and the back East, especially need to be making noise about this and sticking up for the West because this is the toehold on the national level. If they start passing this stuff in the West, it's coming to Texas. It's coming to Oklahoma. It's coming to Bama. It's coming back East, Mm -hmm. you know, and we get that all the time. You know, that's one of our hardest things when we have ballot initiatives and that's why they go after bear hunting in Maine and trapping in Montana on public lands only, you know, free introduction in Colorado, you know, they, they go after these little things that they know are less likely to activate the rest of the hunting movement. So if the deer Mm -hmm. hunter isn't sticking up for predator management in Washington or coyotes in the East and contests, we're missing the boat as a community and they'll take us apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, all right. Well, I hate st- uh, talking about this stuff. It just pisses me off, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly important to have these conversations. And uh, I encourage you, if you are uh, listening to the show, you're probably not a Democrat if you're listening to the show. I've probably <laughs> pissed you off and alienated and told you how stupid you are too many times. But if you are, think about what we've talked about here today, because it's not cutting time. Like, I don't feel like we've ever been this threatened as a, as a hunting and gun owning community as we are right now today in 2022. Well, I mean, just this, this secretarial order that Hallen just did to pull down this website, there's no excuse. I mean, I, I had, we had on the Instagram post, we had some guy come in there and say that we're making a big deal out of nothing and ripped on our, whatever our, our release. And it's like, wait a minute, you're actually arguing for less transparency. Like, yeah, the information's out there, but it's not easy to find. And it definitely isn't easy to understand. And it doesn't break it down the way this other website did and tell you what was spent on lawyer's fees, what was this, what those disbursements were. So you're arguing against government transparency. Like there's no excuse. There's no, there's no justification here. This is just pull it down political doublespeak, reward CBD for bringing this lawsuit that then allowed them to advance an agenda that they actually want. Yeah. Well, at least we have Sportsman's Alliance out there on the front lines fighting for our rights in all 50 states. And uh, we certainly appreciate the work that you guys do. If you're not a member of Sportsman's Alliance, I encourage you to head over to the website and um, what do you get with your membership? Oh, you get our uh, new pat on the back. 
the new the new improved magazine <laughs> we got hats we got t-shirts we got knives we've got all sorts of stuff that uh depending on the level it goes up and you get extra stuff as you go up in membership if you have a outdoor business you can uh do it uh, through the business partner program and get an ad in the magazine and get uh, sponsorship of the weekly email that goes out to everybody and you get to write it off too. Sounds like a good deal. I might be putting a Lone Star Outdoor Show ad in the magazine. Yeah, I like it. Um, last thing, and I'm a little jealous of this. You're headed off to what, Idaho or something to watch Turnpike Where Troubadours and drink beer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be my weekend. We got the world's burning down with the Supreme Court stuff, and I'm going to go to Pendleton, Oregon, to the Jackalope Oregon, and watch uh, Turnpike Troubadours tonight and drink a lot of beer. And then tomorrow, <laughs> it's a whole bunch of other people that, you know, Mickey and the Motor Cars and a bunch of other folks, and I'm just going to sit around and drink beer in the sunshine. So Mickey and Gary have been right here in the studio two oh, times. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. So a uh, big fan of Mickey and the motor cars and Gary uh, is actually a former elk guide in Idaho. A lot of people don't know that about uh, half of the uh, Mickey and the motor cars duo there, the Braun you brothers. Could have talked yeah. to you earlier. Might've gotten some better access. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, Hey, thanks again, Brian. Always a pleasure catching up. And uh, one of these days, maybe we'll just have like a, uh, a not so much of a heated conversation where I'm not all riled up. But uh, I always come on and get you fired up. One of these days, yeah. we'll talk about uh, country music and drinking beer. Of course, the country music scene today can get me fired up. So, well, you mean like Florida Georgia Line? Yeah, your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Broke country. Put a little rap exactly. in there. Have a T-shirt. Shoot him back, back a spit. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Campfire Conversations. Thanks, Brian. And I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. So there you have it. Episode 24 of Campfire Conversations. Thanks to uh, Sportsman's Alliance. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. I usually say thanks to our sponsors, but Campfire Conversations are sponsor-less. No commercials, no interruptions, just bonus content for you guys and gals. Um, well, I guess we've said everything that needs to be said. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors.